Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. I'm the co-host. And to have a co-host, you have to have another co-host, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. How you doing today, Kurt? Doing well. Good. How you doing, bro? I'm here. We're here, and yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, we're here. Okay. Some days you're just here. When, right? Dude, when I ask you yeah. how you're doing, and yeah. you go, "We're uh, here," just, I'm here. You know, right. I, I know uh, that there are some days that you're just here, right? <laughs> you know, and that's okay. Do you have a just a real quick story about one of the boys? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the biggest problem was the one you're looking at, the biggest boy. I was just kind of dragging today, so. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're all good. So hi, how you doing? We're here and we are doing a show called Solid Steps Radio, if you're just listening. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, we are a show for men by men, talking about stuff from a guy's perspective. We're not just just for guys, but that's our main audience. And uh, we, we talk about all kinds of things in life. And here at our show at Solid Steps Radio, we believe this, the name Solid Steps has a meaning and that meaning is we believe you are walking solidly uh, in, in your destiny only if you are walking with Jesus Christ. And we are hoping that you, listening to this right now, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, that if you're not walking with God, that you will be one day. And we just want to be a tool in your toolbox to encourage men, to challenge men. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of noise out in this world. And we just want to be a voice of speaking some truth. And uh, we don't have the magic pill, but we just point uh, people to Jesus and say, hey, that's your answer for life. So, that being said, uh, today's topic uh, reminds me of a, a story. One of my favorite historical figures is uh, Theodore Roosevelt. And a lot, which most people don't know about him is his father, he grew up very uh, well off financially, and his father was very philanthropic. He helped people. What's the word I'm looking for? Philanthropic? Yeah, that's okay, it. That's close enough. And uh, he started orphanages uh, back when, you know, uh, Theodore was a child. Well, Theodore Roosevelt became the governor of New York and he went to a governor's meeting and one of the governors came up to him and shook his hand and said, I am not shaking the hand of the governor of New York. I am shaking hands of the son of the father who took me off the streets as an orphan, took me into his home and to his uh, orphanage and then placed me in the home of a family that loved me. And then that man eventually became the governor of Alaska. Really? And so... I, didn't know that I, I always story. think about the idea of how you go into someone's life and you have the opportunity to change the trajectory of their life and not only their life, but the lives of the people around them. And so today we are talking about uh, a word that that strikes different feelings in different people about what are we to do with orphans and what is an orphan and uh, what is our role? If you're listening to me, you have a role to play. We have a role to play in the life of orphans. And what is that? And we're going to talk today about uh, what that might look like. You know, I mean, Chad, you know, the, uh, the Bible, the Bible mentions orphan uh, several uh, numerous times. But I think the most uh, probably the most famous uh, is in James chapter one. And I'll, actually, we have a pastor here, and I'm going to have him quote it. How, how about we do that? Don't ever. Oh, wait a minute. The pa- you got to let the pastor know before you start quoting scripture. If he knows the scripture, no offense, but you know. Actually, um, I uh, can actually. On there this you one. go. Good. Yeah, you, you can on this yeah, one, I can, right? Yes. You can on this yeah. one. I'm yeah, not get, a walking concordance, but I can on this one. Okay, uh, uh, Pastor Darren, give give us the give us the James chapter one verse twenty seven. It is pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father is caring for widows and orphans in their distress. Yeah and caring for the widows and orphans. So we've got, uh, uh, Chad, we got a whole uh, a whole boatload of guys in here. Oh, yeah, boatload is a little, uh, but we've got three guys, so five total in the in the room here. And we're just going to talk about, you know, what is God, 
what is the heart of God when, when he says, I want you to care for orphans? So we got Darren Lewis, pastor. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. We yeah. got Darren, another Darren, yes. spelled the same way. Wow, how ironic. Darren Washhausen, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? And uh, we got Austin. Well, Austin, well, dude, you're an attorney. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm a realtor, so we really have this whole thing. Well, let's we not got, make that we problem. We got the okay. bases covered. Uh, yeah. we, got, we have a pastor sitting right next to an attorney. A salesman in the room. And then, oh, <laughs> uh, well, guys, welcome to the show. It's uh, great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, so uh, Darren, uh, you, you've been leading a, an organization that you call OCA. What in the world is OCA? Um, OCA is uh, it's a it's a nonprofit organization that is out really to, to serve the community and uh, and help with engagement with equipping Christians in ways that they can connect in orphan care. And uh, a lot of people who hear that kind of terminology think right away about fostering and adopting. And indeed, that is where some people are called. But uh, there's a lot of other people who are not called to foster or adopt, and we have ways to engage, you know, the entire community in ways that actually can help um, families and children from vulnerable situations. So, so we really are working to connect the church into these opportunities to care. So, but but before really OCA, it was you and your wife. Uh, you, you have a, a real interest in this because you got. Uh, You've got a couple kids in your family. Uh, talk about that. Uh, yeah. Well, we, well you um, have more than two, but two right, from adoption. Right. We have two from adoption. We, we had um, a daughter in the 90s, and uh, um, we, we uh, had some difficulties of trying to have um, more children. And, and so we, we actually took the road. We didn't adopt because we couldn't have more children. We felt that that was what, what God had in store for us was one child. And so... And we, we were quite content, and uh, but we one day just got kind of socked in the stomach with a, with a call from God. There was a discussion in a, in a Bible study, and I mean, it, it, without words, my wife and I both came out of there and knew that our next step was to enter into adoption. And, uh, and, and it was, there's not a lot of discussion because it was just so clear to both of us, and, and we quickly moved into um, a little bit of research and it was difficult. This is 2003 and the church was kind of just entering this this age of, of having um, an awareness, I'd say, or at least a strong awareness um, into the adoptive process and, and where they can enter in. And so, so holy, um, you're in the, you're in the Bible study mm -hmm. and you're, were you looking at this passage in James well, one or are you looking believe it or not, it was not a formal part of the Bible study. It was some discussion going on about how children were stealing food in South America and being shot by the police. And they were trying to steal food for their families and, and, uh, and they were being shot by the police for this stealing. And, um, you know, and just then they elaborated into just this, this, you know, really poor situation for children and, and how to help them. And, and, you know, that, that story just called us. It just captured and, your heart yeah, and your yeah. and, and at the same time, your wife's heart. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was without discussion. We're in there, we're listening. We both come out and the, the topic on the walk out of the church is what are we going to do about trying to help some of these children? I mean, and, and. That was the discussion. We were on page. It wasn't a debate. We're, we're both there at the same time, and, and we started the journey. 
That's incredible. And so, and so, uh, so that 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 was the catalyst that began you to start doing some research, starting investigating, and you start pursuing to adopt. Right. So I think that discussion happened around. Uh, it, it's a little eerie, actually. So that. So, but, but, uh, you know, I mean, just in, in God's plan and working, but I, I, um, just within the, within the realm of, of a month of that discussion are, is when our, our son was actually born. And, uh, but, but there was a lot of research by my wife. She's, she's a, a research machine. And within, you know, 30 days we have the, 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 the plan and, in another 60, we've got the first filing by July, you know, of 2003. We file our paperwork in, and and uh, and then our son was was in our hands nine months later, as opposed to four years. Nine months later, we were bringing our son home from Russia. So uh, that, go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm just like going that. That's yeah. You guys are moving along. I mean, yeah. you got. You you get impromptu at a Bible study, and nine months later you've got a kid, uh, you know, from Russia. Well, two, if my math's right, did you have you had one, and then you had another one nine months later that through adoption? No, no. the the first That was a, the first one through okay. adoption. The okay. the other one came later in okay. terms of the adoption. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so so and then fast forward here, um, you've you've got your your first one from adoption, and then you're going to adopt again. Right. How, how long did that take? Well, it it took some years later. That was uh, 2011, I believe. It was 11 or 12. Now I'm trying to think. It was it was 12. Um, but but what happened there was um, so we we brought Andrew home and and then we we were we thought we were you know that you was it you were again. We we <laughs> were thought we were complete and uh, it come along um, involvement with some ministries through our church and the next thing you know. Um, they're introducing us to this adoption ministry, and then the guy that was leading it left, and and there was a, a vote that what didn't include me that said I was going to lead um, OCA starting in 2009, and and uh, so I started to do that and learn this journey, but then it was just you know your heart kind of goes in deeper, and by 2011 we're we're engaged again with a, a child that we found. Um, that you know, just we we had a heart for for um, Africa, and and this child kind of lands in our laps through internet stuff, and and we're kind of called in, and we're on the mission again. So. Wow! And it's and it's really the best thing that OCA ever did, um, recognizing Darren and and bringing him on as the leader of OCA. It was it, it, it over the last decade that that he's been leading it has grown so much, and we've helped so many kids. And that early leadership team to recognize his ability to lead and his passion and his heart for the ministry. It's it's I, I it's I don't even know how many kids we've been able to help um, because of this ministry. I, Darren, do you have like even a number? I mean, I mean in terms of adoption, I think we're right around uh, 230 now. The kids that we've helped to bring home through the financial side of what we do. Wow. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk more about what is uh, OCA doing in, in the state of Kentucky and uh, what that looks like uh, on a day-to-day practice and what is our role as the church. Uh, and, yes, I'm talking about you, not the pastors, you, if you are a part of the church. Uh, what, are, what is our role in, in the lives of orphans? So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back. 
to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter. We are talking today with uh, some guys in the room about taking care of the least of these, the children who um, have either been orphaned. And what's, what is an orphan? We're going to talk about the definition of what that is and uh, what our role is that. And we have also people who have roles in who've really kind of taken us in. That's a bad segue. But uh, our sponsors, Ellen Credit Union, uh, they are a local lender. <laughs> That was a good I was, try. I was reaching. I was, was reaching. Some try. were good, some not so good. That was not so great. But uh, Ellen and Credit Union, they are a sponsor of our show from the beginning. They are a local lender and not just a lender. They help you with all of your financial needs, whether it's mortgage loans, whether it's open up checking accounts. They, uh, they want to specify your interest and what they can do for you. And Vision First Eye Care. Uh, I just popped in some new contacts today from Vision First because they have helped me see, and I am blind as a bat. And uh, Dr. Rollo and his crew, they've got locations all over the state of Kentucky, and they look at you more than just a set of eyeballs. You're a person, and we thank them for sponsoring our shoe. So, uh, Pastor Darren, you you got engaged with uh, Orphan Carolines, OCA, and uh, but it really started very personally with you and your wife. You you have a couple kids adopted. Yeah, it did. My wife uh, felt like when she was a young teenager that adoption would be a part of her life. Really? Yes. And so she begged her parents to adopt uh, when she was in the home. And ironically, two months after we got married in 1999, they did adopt two young girls from Russia. Uh, She's who are now got- in their 20s. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then... Uh, so she started praying about that and talking to me about whether or not I'd be open to it. And I said, well, yeah, I'd be open to it. I just don't know what God's timing is on this. And so literally I picked up a book about adoption and I was in the sanctuary praying one morning and I began to read that book and I stayed in the room the entire day uh, and finished that book in one sitting. And I went home and said, this is the time that we're supposed to adopt. Wow. And so we and that immediately... Was, how long ago was that? Uh, that was about nine years ago. Um, so uh, the, about 2008 or nine is when that happened. And so we immediately began the process to adopt our daughter. Um, and we decided to go with the Philippines. Um, and reason being, just very briefly on that, was because we, we, uh, we're in an international church. We have some Filipinos in the church. We knew we'd have some cultural help if we needed a cultural connection. Uh, and so it was a very long process. It was about a four-year process for us to uh, start the paperwork to the time we actually traveled to adopt our daughter, Joy, who is now 12. Wow. Uh, and then subsequent so, to so that— So she was how old when you got her? She was seven when we brought her home. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. She was seven when we brought her home. So we went to, flew to Manila to bring her home. Um, uh, she's been with us five and a half years. And then subsequent to that, we've— Felt like God was calling us to do it again, and this time we felt like God wanted us to go to China, and both of our children are special needs, um, and so the the uh, little boy that we adopted, he is also seven. He was born with congenital glaucoma uh, and was blind, uh, is blind, uh, and so we went to, that process was about nine months, uh, so that one was extremely fast, and he's been home with us for 18 months now, and so God just really began to work in both of those situations with the provision of the finances and the and the heart for it um, that and he just opened up doors miraculously in both adoptions. Well, uh, you know, I'm 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 thinking about how God has the heart for orphans, but not not you, you just not, did not only take orphans in, but you took orphans who have special needs. Yeah, a lot of times in a foreign adoption, international adoption. Uh, the children that are available are going to have some level of special needs. It's not always. It just depends on the nation. Um, you know, a lot of nations uh, work to keep the healthiest children within their nation. 
Uh, and so they uh, are making those available that do have a, a special need. And that can be run the gamut. It could be something as simple as a cleft palate surgery to something as major as, you know, severe hydrocephalus or uh, um, any number of things. You know, in our case, uh, it was glaucoma for our, our son and our, our daughter has a seizure disorder um, uh, that causes some other issues as well. Wow. Wow. So, um, Austin, you... You're the the attorney of the group, you know, and we're 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 praying for your soul. Um. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> but you, I, I love you because, uh, dude, you um, you have three adopted kids. I do. And so tell us that that story real quick. How, I mean, how did you and your wife come to the point of saying, you know, we we God is impressing upon us to adopt? There's there's no quick way to tell that story, um, <laughs> but. Um, I guess it's it's the classic story of boy meets girl. Um, girl loves God. Um, girl is beautiful. Girl says... <laughs> I've heard this Similar before. to Pastor Darren. I was listening to Pastor... <laughs> girl says, um, God God's really impressed in my heart that, that I have a, a daughter in Africa. And that was while we were dating. It was, it was actually a litmus test. And um, so the answer was yes. <laughs> Whatever you say. No. Um, You're a wise man. Yeah. It, no. It. Um, after. After. after really, it, she, it really. Your girlfriend before your wife. She was already. No. Talking. My girlfriend and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not the girlfriend before my wife. I'm lost in the, the players of the story right now. Wife. Yeah. There you go. But I mean, she's talking to you about <laughs> adoption before you're married. Yeah. It, that, it, 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 yeah. And so I grew up in the church, and, and it never crossed my mind. So um, whenever I got out of, of undergrad, I went and did kind of like a, a little prayer in a tent and kind of hung out in the woods, and I read through the Bible in nine days. And so I came home, and my brother said, he said, Austin, I've never heard anybody read it that fast. What did you pick up on? And I said, the orphan, the widow, the foreigner, and the poor. God cares about them. You see it all the way through the Bible, like in the Pentateuch and the prophets and the gospels and the, in Paul's writings, you know, it's like, you guys have forgotten the, the orphan and the widow. You've got James one twenty seven. you know, you've got all that. And so you read the entire Bible in nine days and that's, and you came up with God as a heart. That's what, that's wow. what stuck with me. That's incredible. And so, and I think God was preparing me because I mean, I guess it was probably four or five years later when my wife, you know, uh, mentioned that and I said uh, who in yes yes that's what God's heart I mean we're adopted we're grafted in we're the adopted sons and daughters uh, yes yes he cares about them and so um, so that so our adoption story even started years before we started our adoption <laughs> and then we um, we couldn't do it we didn't think we could a, a lady got up in church and said uh, told her story, and we said, if she can do it, we can do it. <laughs> OCA came alongside, helped us fundraise for our first adoption from Ethiopia, and we couldn't have done it otherwise. And a lot of friends and, and family and everyone rallied around us, and it was a miracle. And then uh, about four years ago, we adopted a second time. Uh, uh, our 18-year-old and our 5-year-old, they were 13 and a year and a half then from Uganda, um, so one, the, your first one was from Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. The next two are from Uganda. Yeah. And, uh, and how did you get those two at the same time? Yeah. So uh, we had friends who had adopted from Uganda, and they had introduced us to this girl. And so we called the orphanage and said, hey, is there any, you know, we were, 
working through the adoption, we said, is there anything we can do? Do you need some backpacks, some food? You know, can we get some school supplies? They said, we have another baby. And he, he needs a family too. And so that's how Justice, my son, got introduced to us, is that they had, he had been dropped off and the police found him, brought him to the orphanage, and they said, we don't take care of babies, so if you could help us and adopt him too. So, so uh, you think you're going to get one, and all of a sudden, yeah. wow. We it's, get- like checking out, it's like checking out at the, at the grocery store, and you just like grab another piece, stick of gum or something, <laughs> right? You're like, yeah, just throw it come, on. The, come, throw on it. come on no, he is, he's been He is such a miracle, and we've learned so much about God and ourselves and our own junk through these adoptions and it's it we've learned we've learned so much about the father i have by being a father to these kids what you i mean what you brought in austin uh the scriptures about how we are adopted and and i remember when my my two brothers and myself uh, we were growing up and and then we adopted my baby sister and i'm just that is the heart of god it's the heart of God that he brings us into his family. You know, the Bible says we're far away and he brought us near. We're enemies of God and we become a friend of God and not just a friend of God, but then we become his kids, his children. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes me think of whenever Jesus was, was talking about, he said, the, the healthy don't need a doctor. It's the, it's the sick who need a doctor. And he cares about those who are hurting. He cares about us in our deep, darkest, most painful places. He can be our doctor. And I don't it, Yeah, it's the heart of God to take care of. Well, then you think about all the places in Scripture where uh, a main character of Scripture is adopted. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Yeah. Jesus was technically adopted by his, fa- his earthly father, Joseph. It's, it's all throughout Scripture. The psalmist says that, that God sets the orphan in, in, in homes uh, and so it is absolutely the heartbeat of God. Yeah, I, I mean, and so when we adopt, when we care for those in foster care, when we care for those and actually bring them in and adopt them into our home, we are acting like God. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are following his, his pattern. You want to make another comment, Pastor Dent? No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to, uh, you know, I was going to say that this. It, it, most people think about what we're doing for the kids and how we're helping the kids. But as Austin mentioned, uh, the profound spiritual blessing that we receive as parents and understanding the nature of God uh, for how he loves us is is just amazing of how God teaches us throughout the whole process. That's, that's good stuff. We're going to take a break and uh, come back. A couple more segments we're going to talk with the guys. And, and we're going to get into the, you've heard the stories, uh, a part of their stories. Now we're going to hear about what does OCA do uh, and what do we need to do with OCA and what is their vision. And uh, a question I want to ask is how can we eliminate OCA? How can OCA be eliminated for the need of OCA, and I think that's that's on paper it's possible, but is in our hearts is it possible? Let's see how we can uh, get that worked out in the next two segments, right? <laughs> on Solid <laughs> Steps Radio. All 
Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Step Radio. If you are just joining us, I apologize because you really need to hear the first two segments because we heard some great stories about three guys in this room who have been on the journey, and that's what it is. I don't know from experience, but from hearing uh, secondhand, the journey of adoption. And uh, if you want to hear all of our shows, and this show particularly, if you're hearing it on the weekend, uh, it's going to be posted as a podcast that you can listen to it anytime you want, commercial-free, thanks to our sponsors, on Monday. So you go to Facebook, you go to SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com, uh, and you just type, or iTunes, and you just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll see our ugly mugs come up. Click on the button, and you can hear all of our shows in their entirety. You can also go to furtherstillministries.org. We want to thank our sponsors, uh, uh, Frank Enterprise. <laughs> Frank Enterprises, how do you talk about septic systems without making it serious? If you have a problem with your septic system, you're going to know about it. And the person you need to call is uh, Frank Enterprises. Those guys have been doing that for 20 plus years. Uh, any kind of water issues, the drainage on your land that's just not going the way it needs to go, Frank Enterprises takes care of that. And also, I want to thank our care, uh, Bright Star Care. Uh, I cannot think of a more important uh, organization for the future. For If you know anyone who is having Alzheimer's care, in-home care, uh, they cannot take care of themselves. Uh, they are the people to go to to find out, hey, what is my next step? So Bright Star Care, we want to thank them for being a sponsor as well. Okay, so Chad, um, we've been talking about this whole orphan thing, and and specifically, uh, you guys all have adopted, which I think is just, like, that's just awesome. I, I just, I love that. I love that you guys have adopted, and... Uh, I, I, I'm thinking through. Your wife was the catalyst. Your wife was the catalyst. I'll say God was our catalyst. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> oh well, oh, come on! He just, just spoke right to us. It was like boom. You, here we you, are. You were together in a Bible study. Yes, so Both, yeah. but 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 uh, the, the other two guys. Yeah, uh, your your beautiful wives had to. Take God over. spoke to me through a beautiful woman. There you go. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. Oh my goodness. Okay, so. You guys are all part of OCA, Orphan Care Alliance. Uh, you, we just talk, call it OCA. What? Um, it's it's been in existence for about a decade. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it started with with five families, um, sort of informally, I guess you would say, as a, as a grassroots movement, and uh, they they went on for for about four years, from two thousand five to two thousand nine. Um, we, we entered in in late 2008 as one of those families, and then the, the current leader left town, and uh, I started to lead it um, in 2009. And we, we formalized it as a 501c3 later in 2009, um, and, and it's gone on from there. And, and I was, I was um, creating the, the 501c3 mostly to give it identity among the church community about who we were as an independent organization who desires to collaborate with ministries and churches and community um, was the main reason I did it. And so, so, uh, so your heartbeat really as, an, as a ministry and as an organization is to really, how do we partner with, with folks and specifically churches yeah. r- raising the awareness? I, I asked earlier in between the break, how many churches do you guys work with? Well, we're on the order of 60 to 70 churches at some level that span from southern Indiana into Lexington and down into Bowling Green and, and the like. And I mean, and more are connecting to us all the time. And, and Darren, you also mentioned, um, I mean, Orphan Care o- Alliance, OCA, is 
is in the Kentuckiana area, in the state of Kentucky. But you mentioned there's there's organizations and ministries like this, you guys, really all over the country. Right. I mean, we we have identified a region of this area because we want to serve it well. Our growth would come through the density of a given region as opposed to growing our region bigger and bigger. And uh, the reason for that, in, in my case, is just that I believe that we can be best um, suit best uh, caring people that we can be for a given state because you have to have a good relationship with the states with, that you're working with. And, uh, and, and frankly, with the state, it, with foster care being governed by the state, it's just a much better relationship where, you know, there's, there's ministries in, in Colorado, Texas, Michigan. Um, you know, we're, we're working and collaborating with some people in um, Washington, D.C. right now and in, in the Carolinas. And, and uh, you know, we, we all share and we, we go to a conference every year and, and network and, and talk about ideas and things that we can do. And, and we all bring those back to our area and, and continue to further what we what we do. But um, Darren, Pastor Darren. Yeah, we got two Darrens in here. We don't want to get confused. Pastor Darren, y- you guys got connected with OCA um, because you guys were doing a lot of stuff in your church for fostering adoption and all that, but you realized, hey, we need to, you be kind of became a champion of what OCA is doing. Describe that a little bit. Yeah, so we originally, when we started our adoption process for our daughter Joy, we uh, realized that there, we needed to get more involved in the uh, the adoption um uh, realm and uh, so we formed what we called Mission 127 within our own church. Uh, at the same time, we were meeting Darren uh, and began to lead a connect group uh, for OCA at our church. And over time, through that relationship, we just decided, you know what, we're doing the same things. We're trying to rebuild the same thing that OCA is already doing. And so what we have chose to do is we've actually kind of shut down the Mission 127 in our local church and throughout our denomination in Kentucky and are partnered with OCA because they already have the connections. They have exactly what we want to be doing. And so we're doing uh, partnerships with them on a deeper level. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're making connections with churches all over the country, all over the state and, and mm-hmm. even beyond that. And you're also making connections, you know, with our government right. folks. Right. Talk, talk about that just well, a little bit. I mean, I think, I think a lot of times what we see ourselves as, I, I sometimes call it the white space, but you know, are the, are the, you know, the, the one degree of separation, if you will. Um, you know, we've we've taken on a good relationship with the state over the past nine years, and, and we've been growing with them um, in various ways. Even even in prior administrations, we've been working with them and exploring different ways for us to go deeper. We've focused a lot on kinship families, which are like grandparents and relatives taking care of children who are not with mom and dad right now. And, and so we started working a lot in that realm and providing physical needs and still do to the state that they, they distribute out among the families that have needs. Um, so, so we have a relationship. We've learned their lingo. They've learned us. And we've kind of become that one sounding board for them to say, here's what we need. And then we turn around and go to the churches and we broadcast these common needs um, out to the church. And so the church can work with us, and, and in turn, you know, it's, it's literally helping the kids that are right here in our community when, when we do that. So we're, we're kind of a, a voice, you know, between the two, a bridge between the two in a lot of ways. And uh, I think it's, it's a little bit helpful for churches. Some prefer that we, there's that 
I'll call it one degree of separation. And, and we can speak to the church on terms they understand, and we speak to the state on terms they understand, and we can kind of make it all, all work together. I mean, that's a cool thing. And, and talk to us about how many foster kids are in the state of Kentucky like right now. Well, we've recently just crossed 9,000. You know, the opioid epidemic and things like that, are, are kids are just increasing in foster care at an alarming rate right now. And uh, so it, it's crossed 9,000 um, just in the past couple of months. How, how does a kid uh, become a foster, uh, you know, get, get into the foster system? What, what's, tell our listeners, describe to our listeners what, what has happened to them that they— enter into the foster system? Well, I mean, most of the time, it's some way or somehow, you know, there's been a determination or a call made into the state that it could be an abuse situation, something like that, where a call's been made by a school or by somebody, um, some sort of caregiver maybe that's noticed, you know, bruising, something like that, or something that kids have revealed, and, and it's of concern and you're required to call the state and report that kind of an incident to be investigated. Um, so sometimes things like that happen, or, or sometimes you'll see the news stories where maybe mom and dad had, had drugs in the house, and at the same time, um, you know, the kids were there, and they were in, a, in an unsafe situation, and, and you know, police come in, and, and subsequently the government comes in, and the, states are, the, the kids are put into foster care. So, I mean, that's generally how a lot of them are coming in. Some of them are coming in because of just um, maybe the parents are caring parents and loving parents, but just unable right at that stage of their life to care. And and those are some really difficult cases because the parents do care, but they, they just have had some misfortune and they are unable to care well for their kids. And I think sometimes things like that happen as well. So, so uh, Darren, what, what happens to a, a, a child? He's five years old, and he, uh, you know, it, there's an abusive situation, or there's drugs, or, or or whatever it might be. Maybe the p- grandparent or the parents had something happened to them. Maybe they're mm-hmm. in an accident, and there's no other family. How? What happens? Do they go into the foster system? Do they go? to just a what does that look like describe that i mean i mean preferably you know the state is going to look desperately to try and get them into a home um you know a single family home if they have foster families available to take a child in um but sometimes that that search takes a little bit and and the kids are in a lot of a limbo at that point and they are either put into another private child care agency for a temporary period of time um, or, you know, they may end up remaining there for a while if they have trouble finding a placement, you know, for a child. And, and it becomes where there's, there can be a lot of, you know, for the child, a lot of trauma and a lot of um, uncertainty in their lives. And, and usually it's very scary because they've been removed with, you know, none of their, the things that they're familiar with, including their parents. Um, you know, whether that was a good situation or not, it was their parents. And, and you can't, you know, that's, that's a... A God-given bond that just doesn't break easily, and so there is just a lot of trauma in that situation. Wow, that's so sad. So we're going to come back in our fourth and final segment, and we're going to talk more about OCA, and we're going to also talk more about what can we do as listeners and part of uh, be part of the solution, and maybe not keep being part of the problem. Uh, we'll be back and finish up here on Solid Steps Radio. 
Hello and welcome to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio for this week's show. And again, if you want to hear this, if you're just catching it and you want to hear this show it's in, in its entirety, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, type in Solid Steps Radio and you can hear these shows. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, we want to thank Dan Hart Financial. Dan Hart uh, helps people plan and be wise with their money for the long term. And if you want to uh, be biblically sound and wise in your investments, Dan Hart Financial. And uh, again, we want to thank Ellen and Credit Union for being a long-term, long, uh, deep uh, sponsor of our show from the very beginning and in, into the community as well. So, uh, Chad, you know, we've been in, in the break. We talked about <clears throat> all. Some of us aren't called to adopt. Yeah, I think some people may may hear you. You, you hear this. You know, we're we're doing this whole show on adoption and and foster care and orphans, and that means like we all need to go grab a kid, you know, or two or three. And Austin, you were like adamant, yeah, like yeah. no. I mean, this isn't for everybody. No, no, no. Uh, adoption, foster care, it has to be a calling. It has to co- come from a deep um, conviction and hearing from God that it's for you. Now, as a church, we're all called to take care of the orphan, the widow, the poor, the foreigner, and that's part of the entire church's mission. But not all of us are called to us. Not all of us are called to be pastors. Not all of us are called to, to, to start a food kitchen. Not all of us are called to adopt. But those of us that are, it's, it, you've got to hear from God to do it because it's really, really hard. These kids are coming from broken places, traumatic, traumatic uh, events occurred in their life to require another family to be their family. And so um, it's not for everybody, but we're, but we all as a church need to support it and we need to be supporting those who are doing it. And that's what's so important about what we do at OCA is, is that we, uh, we, part of our ministry is to the families and to the parents. This is the, these are kids with troubled past and 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 issues that you don't even know where where they're coming from because yeah, you don't know the kids history well we're i mean we're working that's what we do we work to equip you i mean that's that's what we're trying to to focus on in, in many ways you are a right. training equipping ministry right to come alongside and I, and I love what you just said austin because you know okay i'm not called maybe to adopt i'm not called to foster but i do have a responsibility to care, to help care for the orphans, to ha- th- those in need, and so what, what does that look like? And you guys are helping people do that. Yeah, I mean we. So I, I've got a quote that I it's really caught me. Um, we do some training, you know, as a part of that equipping, and and a guy named Josh Ship, who's a who's a speaker, a, um, a speaker out there in the world, inspirational speaker at this point. But he was a, a foster child, and and his quote is. Every kid is one caring adult away from being a success story. And, and you know, a caring adult does not mean necessarily the adoptive parent or the foster parent. You know, it may be a respite parent. It may be, you know, a basketball coach. It well, may be... Define a respa. Respite? Respite parent? A respite parent, you know, y- you may have friends who are foster parents. You can go out and get some training and... Uh, you know, that, that training would equip you to just be able to um, care for that child 
or the weekend while that while the, while the foster family can get away you know you're just being a village to the foster family and and walking alongside of them by a, a couple of overnight stays a year possibly you know it means the world to a foster family for you especially if they're your friends you know just become qualified and be a respite be a part of their village so that helps them you're basically qualified to babysit in essence i'm trying to Sure, pull these down, sure. down yeah. and say, hey, look, yeah. they just can't take a foster child and drop them off with the, the right. teenager down you the can't. street. You can't do that. But you can help that family by saying we are we are registered to right. be able to come alongside them exactly. for a day or two. Or exactly. Or so, so, Darren, it, it, the real dream for you, as, I, as I'm hearing this, mm-hmm. is how do we get more awareness in the local churches? Right the body of Christ truly reaches right. out and, and many, many people would step up and say, I, yes, I will adopt. I will foster. But then there's a host of other people who say, yeah, I, I, I want to become an encourager. I want I want I would like to be a, a respite, um, uh, you know, support so that two, yeah. three, four times a year, we take those kids for the weekends to give the foster family a, a, a breather, right. a break. Is that, I mean, was that, was that what you're saying? Right. I mean, and, and uh, you know, like, so a foster family can't leave the state with a foster child, you know, that, that, so if they're going to take a vacation, they can't, they're not allowed to without some special permissions to do that. So a lot of times those children need to stay in, in the state kind of a thing. And so, you know, sometimes there's a lot more challenges for a foster family that, that a respite family can really be a, a tool for. And, you know, I mean, I think we're, we as OCA have been working with, the current administration and to lower the hurdles and the bars for a church to engage as far as we can. I mean, I think in the next months, you're going to see OCA be able to come in and do foster care training in your church, to do respite training in your church. And if and if you just want to be that one caring adult who's who's walking with a kid who's 12 to 18 years old, you know, be a life coach. We can equip you to be a life coach and, and be that meaningful person in, in, a, in a young person's life and, and, you know, be the part of changing the trajectory of, of a teen who, who could be, you know, without intervention, you know, subject to repeat the same generational problem that they, that they grew up in. But, but we have the ability to kind of change and bump the trajectory to something much different. And, uh, you know, and if you can't do one of those things, I mean, we, we have, you know, vulnerable families where there's parents who just need some help and some things. Maybe they need some coaching for job assistance or helping to be filling out an application that, that allows them to be gainfully employed. Or maybe it's the child care for a mom so that she can go to work so that her kids don't end up in foster care. Because there are a lot... You know, opposed to what you see in the media, there are a lot of families who are just struggling but care deeply for their kids. And if we can help them, it keeps some of those 9,000, you know, kids out of foster care. If we just enter into the lives of, of some of those who are, who are um, out there. I mean, there's, there's moms right now who are raised in, a, in a probably a bad way, um, and, and they don't even know what sitting down to a family dinner looks like. Modeling, you know, inviting them into your home when we do our safe harbor ministry, and we, in, we, we care for kids while mom is kind of getting help to get on, on pace again. Well, those families are very proactively friendly and, and, you know, they'll invite mom over for dinner and sit down and and have family discussion. And and probably that's an experience that they may have never seen in their lives. Wow. And and so, you know, just just being that kind of a family to 
the vulnerable and to the, the kids that are in care. Um, you know, helping out a grandparent with physical needs, you know, they're on a fixed income, they got diapers now because they're caring for a grandparent, you know, there's so many things that can be done by most anyone. Um, and, and we have the ability to just kind of educate you on those things and hopefully engage you because we do collaborate with community partners as well. Um, wow. As you're describing this, Darren, I'm just blown away at, I think what you're, you're, the heartbeat, and I think that Governor Bevan would say, you know, if we could just get our churches really engaged. You, you say you're involved in 60 to 70. How do we get two, three, four, five hundred churches who say we are going to be fully on board of, of ministering to the orphan, to the to those who, uh, the, the, the young kids in our culture. You know what? Golly, guys. Now, you guys have any final thoughts over there? I was just going to say on, a, on a, a local church level, one of the things that you can do too, you don't have to have training for this. For those of us who have adopted, it can be the same thing. We deal with traumatic situations. If there's a friend in the church that can say, mm-hmm. hey, let me care for your kids one night where you can go out on a date with your wife. Oh, that is huge for us, and it's something that anybody in the local church can do. That's good. That's a good word. Thank and, you. And the, the the last thing I would say is that it, it takes it takes um, it takes someone to strike the match, and it can be at any church. And um, I know you've got listeners all over the United States, not just here in Kentuckyana, but it it takes a champion in each church. It takes a person that's going to say, "Hey, we need to be doing something and leading that cause," and other people will catch it because I grew up in the church and. And, and I didn't catch this as a kid. It's there throughout, you know, throughout the Bible. And when people hear it, they, they say, yes, yes, let's do that. Let's do that as a community. Let's, mm-hmm. let's help take care of these kids that need help. Wow, that's good stuff. Hey, Darren, what is this? Uh, if somebody's listening and they say, boy, I want to be part of OCA, I want to help somehow, some way, or I want to get involved, what's the best place to visit to see on is a website particularly? Yeah, there's a, a website. Um, if you go to ocakids.org. That's a great way. Okay. Um, and we, uh, you know, we have a lot of information there. Of course, you can contact us with phone or, you know, email info at orphancarealliance.org. Um, and there, there's, there's those ways to initially connect. We have Facebook page, those kinds of things as well, where we're always, you know, pushing out things that are going on, things that affect the community needs. So that's awesome. Guys, our time has flown by, but we got to wrap it up. Guys, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for sharing your hearts and thanks for, uh, you know, just being here. Um, Pastor Darren, quick prayer for us guys that we would have a heart for like God has. Absolutely. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, showing us that we are indeed adopted as children of God. And so, Father, I pray that every person that's listening to this broadcast today would just be touched by your heart for the for the, uh, the fatherless, for the orphan, well, whether it be for foster care or, or adoption, God, we just ask that you would give them direction and that your spirit would speak to their heart on ways that they can touch these kids in their communities. We thank you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, mm. amen. 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 Thank you. OCAKids.org if you want to help out. And if, uh, if you didn't hear this in the past hour, if you just picked up, Everyone is called to do something. Not everyone is called to bring a child into their home and to adopt or to be a foster parent, whether it's writing a check, which is always helpful, or coming alongside and being a mentor, whether it's uh, helping out a family who is adopting and saying, how can we help you? 
you can get trained to do things and sometimes you can just knock on a door and say how can we help you uh, but ocakids.org to go to that uh, website to help out OCA and uh, there are 9,000 foster kids and how many churches are there in Kentucky we think somebody said there was just 6,000 Southern Baptist churches alone so the math is there that there should be no foster children if everybody in the church did something to help support we could on paper be a fosterless uh, state that's the goal and so uh, what are you going to do about that so hopefully you will do something go to ocakids.org to begin that journey hey thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio